When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this smoky edition of Powder Blue Podcast. Smoke is canceling Phillies games, Jeff Mosher, <laughs> Frank Closier as well. This is a first, Jeff. No baseball due to smoke. Yeah, man. Uh, and the, the Phillies were smoking hot too, right? What does it happen? Put them <laughs> ting. Uh, so, yeah, no, it, it was good to see. And hopefully they get, you know, they're able to play soon and can pick up where they left off. Yeah, so, so there, uh, especially for the pitching, right? Right. Well, uh, I don't know. There could be some benefits here, uh, but <laughs> because oh, I'm, to the rest, yeah, yeah absolutely. Could, I'm just saying. I hope that the pitching picks up where. It oh yeah, off. okay. Yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> so they they uh, so they moved the game back to Thursday. I mean, they it looked like they were already going to skip the fifth starter spot anyway. Right. But if they if they, I don't know that they're going to play Thursday. I mean, we're recording this Thursday, and as of Thursday, it. 10 a.m. Uh, the air quality is worse than yesterday, so it is. I, I don't know that. I don't know that this is going to be a, a night for for baseball again. But uh, yeah, that'll be tough. Uh, you might need to uh, fly the Tigers out here on some random uh, day off. Uh, there are mm-hmm. a handful to choose from, just a handful. Luckily, well, I would say luckily. I think the lack of rain rainouts is probably what caused some of these fires. But uh, <laughs> probably, <laughs> uh, you know, with, with everything being so dry. But uh, right. But they do. They have not had to schedule a doubleheader yet. There is one pre-scheduled doubleheader in in July, which was that's a new one. I don't remember the last time they actually had a doubleheader on the schedule, just scheduling it on purpose. Well, they uh, did to, that the the year uh, COVID year, right? Oh, COVID year, no I fans. suppose. They, yeah. yeah, but yeah, you're right. For a normal regular season, I can't remember that either. Yeah, so uh, so they have a doubleheader coming out of the All Star break. So I don't know that I don't know they would eat into the All Star break to play. But but anyway. Um, yeah, if that, but if you get past today and, and rescheduling one game, uh, that could be a little messy. But uh, mm. the good news on that, I suppose, is helps them skip over this fifth spot in the starting rotation uh, a little bit. <laughs> so, so I guess I guess that's the story. So you 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 mentioned pitching right away. I I <laughs> what I kept saying on the radio uh, since we we spoke last is it's really hard for a team to to go on a winning streak when you have no fifth starter. So the Phillies are a team that. Are looking to make up ground. If you look at the fifth spot in the rotation, if if they were if the fifth spot of the rotation was five hundred, uh, well, then the Phillies are a winning team. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but I think for, for for directly, if you just look at the one loss record of the fifth spot right now, uh, you could just do the math and, and just say, okay, well, that day is if they're five hundred, then the Phillies are a winning team. Well, then it's more than that though, because you see the effects for days to come. The, you know, you, th- you end up end up overworking your bullpen, mm-hmm. and the next day, well, so and so is not available, and then you never know. You don't get the reliever you want, and then you end up uh, losing that one too. So it's really hard to track that way. But the effects are days long. So, so I, I guess we'll start with that, Jeff, because that that seems to me to be the one thing. Yeah, there's lots of other issues going on right now, injuries and whatnot, but. 
I don't know how they're going to get past not having a starter every fifth day. I agree with you. I think, you know, for all the talk about Trey Turner's struggles and um, Kyle Schwarber struggles until, of course, his recent June power stroke, that to me, the pitching has been the number one issue for this team. And, you know, we talked about it last podcast, not just the, the struggle for a fifth starter, right, but also when your aces are not able to go three or four innings or your fourth guy, Toan Walker, can't make it out of the first or second inning, that's going to kill your bullpen. And I think the bullpen's actually done a really good job, uh, a good job for the most part. And if you consider how much it's been taxed, you could say there are guys doing a really good job. Craig Ke- Kimball, per- perfect example, a guy who's really stepped up, um, with especially with Alvarado out, right? Um, Sir Anthony's sort of starting to find his his rhythm finally after a really rough start. But the lack of a fifth starter is hurting this team because – they're not built like the Rays, right? They're not built to have all these, you know, piggyback starters or, I mean, they do have Matt Strom and he he can, he can help you there, but because the bullpen has been taxed by poor pitching from one through three or one through four, it's hard to have a bullpen game every five days because the bullpens hadn't been asked to do too much. So it's, to me, it's a trickle down thing until you get more consistency and we're starting to see a little bit of it. Although Wheeler has been, I don't know how you go from an, almost a gem against the the Braves and then the next outing you can barely, you know, have your stuff. Mm. But until they get more consistency from one through four, I don't see how they can get even work on that issue of the fifth starter or the bullpen game. Yeah, I, you know, I thought how the Phillies have won four since. But the day that, that after the beautiful eight-inning start against the Braves, uh, Zach Wheeler comes in with the clunker against the Nationals. and you, That and, was really uh, disappointing. He gives, he gives the bullpen seven innings. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but bullpen, when you have to go almost seven innings, yep. that, that's that's uh, that's bad when you have the bullpen game the next day. like It's almost a borderline miracle that they were able to, to, to win that bullpen game, you know? Right. Of course, the, uh, the only two runs given up were, were by the uh, previous starter, <laughs> Dylan Covey, uh, who, who, who lives, although Alvarado, Jose Alvarado, should be back soon. I don't know if he, he probably can't rehab in the smoke, so... Uh, right. Um, so we'll see. I wonder if they'll move some of these games, if this is going to linger. That's another. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's, that's a, a great question. It's a side note. They've, we have, we've seen the move games before for other for other weather events. So, right. um, but uh, but yeah. So if Alvarado gets his work in and is able to join them, uh, that'll be that'll be a boost. But again, who's who's giving you the innings? Uh, the bulk of those innings, and um, I, I yeah, they've been really really lucky. I will say, Andrew Vasquez has been perhaps the the under the radar star uh, of, of that bullpen. Uh, not that not that he's the the guy that's going to blow people away and you put him into close, but I mean he's he's given them multiple inning outings. He's uh, appeared in twenty games already with a one two six ERA and uh, striking out twenty five in those uh, appearances. So uh, he's been he's been really good in that yeah. role. Yes, a hundred percent. Like I said, you know, you look at him and Kimbrel and you say that these are the guys that are are really you know um, stepping up. At the moment, <laughs> a couple others too. I've been sort of not understanding what's going on with Brogdon, uh, Frank. Like there, there are times he looks good, and times where his velocity's not there. I, you know, last year yeah. we thought the long COVID maybe was was bothering him, and then all of a sudden the playoffs came along and they seemed to get get it back. But he really has sort of been a quandary. Like it's just that, hard that, to figure out which Brogdon you're getting. Sometimes. And this time last year, before he got COVID, I think he got COVID at the end of June. 
Mm-hmm. Like he was lights out last June before yep. before he got sick. So you know he's got the ability, and you just you just hope that he's he's just going to break out at some point. But but it's uh, that lack of consistency there, so that it's keeping him from really really being a back end option. It looks like he looks like he could be. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'll hit his groove now. I mean, if you look at his career numbers, he's always landed like in the threes with his ERA and um, batting average against is is always in the uh, you know mid mid to low twos. So you know he's right. he's shown he's shown he can get some outs, but you know he, he does he does struggle at times. But uh, but yeah, that was uh, that yeah June twenty fifth last year. He went on the IL and then he came back was not the same. So hmm. yeah, that's a really good question. You don't know you don't know who you have there and. Hmm. Uh, and interestingly, too, uh, Andrew Bellotti, like uh, coming off injury, he he didn't really give them much, so he's back at AAA. So I assume we'll see him again soon, right? Uh, when when he gets things figured out, and uh, and uh, Nick Nelson uh, could be on the mend, uh, so he's going to start throwing again soon. So, but I don't know that that that, that these names that we're talking about are are the no. type of relief that the Phillies need. No, the uh, key is getting is is getting uh, Alvarado back. Which hopefully, like you said, it probably would have been sooner if not for the the smokeout delays, right? Getting him back, continuing to see Sir Anthony Dominguez be more dominant like he's been lately, and then being able to mix those two with Soto and Kimbrel. That gives you four guys that you can rely on. I would love to be able to put Brogdon in there. I mean, his ERA isn't terrible at four oh three. Again, you're just just not quite sure what you're getting. From him, um, the whole Junior Marte thing did not work. I thought it was going to work out a lot better than it has, but he just has not been good when called upon. Um, so those four, those are the four. They gotta, they have to be there for the, the guys you rely on. You know, on uh, in a three game series to get those key outs. Yeah, the, I think the problem problem is finding a starting pitcher is is near impossible. Now, there's one name available right now. I would take a flyer on him personally, and and that would be Zach Plesac. And if you recognize the Plesac name, mm-hmm. I, I believe he's a nephew of Dan Plesac, former Phillies pitcher. Right. So he's he's in DFA limbo right now. He has not been good this year. I mean that's 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 being kind in five starts. Uh, see seven five nine ERA, but mm-hmm. you know at, at times he looked very promising. Um, so, but but maybe he can give them some innings. Uh, so. Um, not a, not ideal, but they they got to try. They got to keep trying someone, you know. You know, and sure, sure. If, I mean, if, listen, I would call up the A's right now and see if you know. Like, I mean, they have fourteen wins, you know. Um, they, which means they don't have great pitching, but they got a guy like you know a lefty like James Caprillion, maybe who would be available and he can give you some innings. You know, he's a starter. Uh, I would I would make a phone call there. Yeah, and then and then as you go, I mean, the, the, one of the problems too is there's so few teams out of it, so right. <laughs> it's. You know, a lot of these. If you're at like 500 at the trade deadline and, and <laughs> you're a buyer, which a lot of teams would be, because hey, all I need to do is you know go on a little bit of a run, and if I get to five games over, well, then all of a sudden I'm I'm a I'm a wild card, right? You know, so I. I think well, would you call the Royals about Zach Greinke, or do you think Philadelphia not the right type of place for him? <laughs> Greinke, I don't think wants to go anywhere. I, that's what I would I would think so too. Kyle Freeland from from Colorado. He's okay. Yeah, he's yeah. he's another. Well, that's what you're looking mention. for, right? You're just yeah. looking for okay. You know, just give yeah. me some innings. You know. Yeah, yeah. I you he'd fit the bill, but then 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 the question becomes: if there's a lot of teams that are in that same 500 ish world that yep. that that want to contend, are are they gonna are they gonna you know make a trade? Now you're seeing 
you are seeing some of the teams fall off that you knew would that were eventually going to fall off. The Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Pirates, you know, they uh, they they went on a they had a real tough streak there. I think they lost like eighteen of twenty five. So yeah, um, they 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 kind of came down there, but they're they're still above five hundred. They're still very much in it. Mm-hmm. Um, even the Reds are twenty nine thirty three. You would think that they're they're in it now. Right. Uh, the, the the Padres twenty nine and thirty three. Are you going to say the Padres are out of it with all that? Talent no, they have, they're not right? selling off. But the Cubs, who started off decently, they they've come back to earth. I think that you know they'd probably be in a seller mode if they continue to fall down, and maybe even the White Sox too. Yeah, and even the the, the Cardinals are are eleven games under five hundred at this point. So uh, that's you know. a, that's an interesting one. I, th- that's a franchise though that seems to always kick it up in late and has good talent. I feel like they like the Phillies and the Mets. They're on the same boat. They've been besieged by certain injuries and that they're hoping to play better over the second half. But sure, I mean you certainly watch them. They've got some arms. Yeah. So it's strange. I mean, looking at this, the teams that are the, the losing teams, you know, uh, they're not ones you want to necessarily count out right now. So it's, well, let it's... me ask you this. Let me ask you this about the Phillies though. I don't think they'll ever be in this position, but if they lose say 10 of the next 15 for whatever reason, and instead of gaining ground, they're falling further out, would they consider moving some pieces and who would those pieces be? I mean, you've got Aaron Nola there, who's you know not agreed to a contract extension. Yeah, you know, I I just think that this that this team has too much talent that they'll accidentally <laughs> be in the race, you know, at the, at the right. trade deadline. You know what I mean? It's like I yeah, it's gonna. The problem is when you have when you have no fifth starter, and then you have uh, Nola and Wheeler throwing out a clunker now and then, and Taiwan Walker who gives you a good one, then gives you a clunker back to back every time. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a 500 team at the least, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, uh, they they will. I was just trying to present sort of a doomsday scenario, and I think we'll have that conversation if it happens. But if it oh, does yeah. get to a point where, you know, they real they're they're like five games out of a playoff berth, and you're getting close to, say the what the the trade deadline, and you think, man, even if we did gain these five great, we're just not. This is not last year. We're not going to catch fire and be in the World Series. And you have a guy like Nola who's out there and you could, you know, you've got to rebuild your farm system. It'd just be very interesting. It also have, you'd have to see at that point, what kind of progress are you getting from Abel? What kind of progress are you getting from McGarry? What, and of course, Andrew Painter is not going anywhere, but you know, and, uh, and, and how would you feel about it at that moment? Yeah. I, I, I'd say we have that conversation if it comes to that, but uh, yes, you know, you think yeah. back to, to 2012, you know, the Phillies missed the opportunity to, <laughs> right mm-hmm. the ship, you know, mm-hmm. by trading Hunter Pence, and that was the end of it, you know. Right. The they schedule's the... interesting for the Phillies, by the way, because to to talk about that scenario, could they really fall out of it? I mean, they've got the Dodgers coming up over the weekend, and they've always been tough for the Phillies, although that's at home. Then the Diamondbacks for four, and the Diamondbacks are are a pretty good team right now. But then you got a real layup with three against Oakland. But then you come back with three against the Braves and three against the Mets, and then you go to the Cubs. So it's like. You have a slate of good teams, slate of bad teams, slate of really good teams, slate of bad teams. It's 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 a challenging. You, you're looking for like a, a a if you're the Phillies, right? You're just looking for like, can I get 15 games coming up where I feel like I'm strong that I can go like, you know, 11 and four, 10 and five in that. But it doesn't feel like the schedule aligns that way unless they just start to play much much better. Yeah, that's a that's the the shame of this being 
interrupted because they needed a series against a team yes. like the Tigers to sort of get back on track. <laughs> right. Right. So, right. You went into that in three games against the Mets saying, all right, three against the Mets who are struggling. And ever since they've lost the Mets, the Mets are still struggling, right? Three against the Mets, three against the Nationals, three against the Tigers. You were like, oh, can we get seven and two out of that? You know, six and three. <laughs> yeah, I think I think after, you know, looking at the Nationals and Tigers, you hope they would win at least four. Well, they did, yes. but ideally more than that. So, yeah, but yeah, you need you needed you needed uh, a stretch of of some bad teams to, to get get your confidence back almost. You know, I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's that's key for the for the Turners and Schwabers. Well, let's let's talk about that, because uh, Kyle Schwaber is doing something which I don't really like. And that's batting leadoff. That, I'm not a fan. I was never a fan of that. But, mm-hmm. but, is it working? You know what it is? It really is. I wasn't a fan of it either, but I, there was a point when it had gotten so bad for him that I thought he might wind up making it back into the leadoff spot because Trey Turner was also not hitting the ball very well. And Bryson Stott had been, you know, when you, you have a righty, you want a lefty who's, you know, giving you more. Or if it was a lefty, you weren't going to have him lead off lefty-lefty, even though Schwarber's a lefty. Also, um, I just had a feeling he was going to wind up back in the – in the once June came around, he's going to wind up back in the leadoff slot and then start hitting home runs. And so I think you're going to see Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff slot for quite a while now going forward. I don't love it, but honestly, like, he has tried. I have to give Rob Thompson this credit. He has tried to put together different lineups to get different guys – going and i like that he put castellanos too right because right now castellanos deserves to be hitting in the two hole with harper in the three so if you're going to do that if you have a righty in the two hole and a lefty in the three hole naturally you're going to want that lefty righty lefty so that uh, that puts schwarber back in the conversation there yeah and i think that this helps uh with turner in the middle when alec bohm is out Uh, Mm -hmm. it looks like bohm shouldn't be out too much longer i guess that's the good news uh but but it definitely, I would have put uh, Real Muto at four, though, and not Turner at four. I mean, if you're moving him down in the lineup because he's slumping, four probably wasn't. I know he had the nice game with two home runs, but if Bohm had been healthy, I would have considered Bohm, but Real Muto I would have put at four. Hmm. Well, hopefully it won't be won't be uh, won't be long. It sounds like he's uh, he could be back. Uh, well, they were saying this weekend again. Who knows? Do they need some? Uh... Does he need a rehab stint? Is you know is he going to play a couple games somewhere? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess again, this is this is the uh, the smoke is is throwing a wrench in some of these plans too. Yes, I, I'd be so. I don't know. He wasn't out that long. I, I'm wondering if the Phillies are sort of, or, or maybe they just look at Bryce Harper as a totally different beast. But if they're sort of redefining <laughs> the rehab thing, the way Bryce was able to skip it. I mean, Alec Bloom hasn't really really missed that many games. I don't know. You know, I'm sure he's been able to take some BP too and and do some things. I'm not sure going down to Lehigh Valley to rake off some, you know, triple A veteran just for a day or two is going to matter that much. Yeah. You know what the, they did with, with Harper was they brought some minor league pitchers uh, to mm-hmm. Philadelphia to throw to him. I mean, I guess <laughs> if you're going to have to face minor league pitching, that's why you're doing it. I guess you get them, you, you could just do it yourself in house. <laughs> There you go. It's actually a pretty interesting solution that I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that that was used a little bit more going forward, especially for superstar players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? If you're going to face minor league pitching, does it matter if it's somebody else's minor leaguers or, or no. your own? Uh, right. Exactly. 
minor leaguers. So, uh, so that, that, that that's a uh, that's something that we'll have to uh, keep an eye on. But 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 it looks like they're getting healthy uh, at at AAA Lehigh Valley again. They're also not playing. Currently, you have uh, Christian uh, Pache and you have uh, Derek Hall uh, that that could be joining the team now. A couple a week ago, week ten days ago, they were saying, "Oh well, you know, Hall's gonna have to earn his way back with Cody Clemens playing so well." Well, I think Clemens has kind of tailed off. Huh? I, and I was never, you know, I, I thought he was hitting home runs. I mean, listen, it's great when you can make some contact, hit a home run, but you know, it's a six-one game. All of a sudden, it's six-two because you hit a home run. That doesn't do anything for me. You know, what were you hitting with runners in scoring position? What were you hitting situationally? And I don't think his numbers were all that great. I mean, nobody's on the Phillies has been good situationally, but certainly not his either. Yeah. I think it's time to to see what Derek Hall can do. Uh, yep. <laughs> if nothing else, Bryce Harper could be an option in, in six weeks, two months to play first mm-hmm. base. Uh, and so before that happens, I want to know if Derek Hall can do it. I completely agree with you. So you might get some relief there. You might not. Again, we, we don't necessarily know who he is yet. Um, in terms of uh, what what he, what he's going to do in the major leagues, and, and will they mm-hmm. give him the opportunities against lefties, or will they try to still stick with the platoon? I mean, I guess that's a big question. And uh, I think that uh, you, you just got to you got to throw him out there and see if he can do it because uh, the clock's ticking, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's not a spring chicken anymore, and so uh, see if you have something. And also, too, I will say, if you find that a right-handed first baseman works better, well, he could be in the deal to get you one. You know. Um, a team that's a team that's looking for someone that'll be around a few more years, perhaps. We've heard all the first base names. Looks like the Phillies aren't biting on Jesus Aguilar or or Luke Voigt. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose we would have heard something. Well, of course, neither of them have landed anywhere, but um, Aguilar is, uh, I believe, a free agent at this point. Right. Uh, but uh, did, did you like either of those names? Jesus Aguilar is to me a very feast or famine type of guy, and um. I hit mean, lefties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get, I, I suppose so. I, I wouldn't be against it. I mean, I, I can't imagine that Derek Hall is going to be that much better, right? Even if Derek Hall uh, proves to be a pretty good slugger, so is Aguilar. He can he can leave the yard at any time. Who is the other guy you said? Uh, Luke Voigt. 2020 home run champion. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about him that I don't love. I think he's very, I mean, they're all very streaky, but. Yeah, I mean, for me, he is right-handed, though, right? Boy? Yeah, so I guess the I guess the, the the thinking would be he'd be a right-handed option for me. If if Alec Bohm is if Alec Bohm is coming back, I don't think there's the need. But if if he's right. going to be lingering out or a little banged up for a little bit, then I might I might uh, consider it. But well, I mean, you also want to fortify your bench, right? So if I can bring a guy like Luke Voigt off the bench, um, you know, as most playoff teams want to do with, with veterans and yeah, heck yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And then platoon him every once in a while. Sure. So, I mean, when, when the roster is made up like it is now, I mean, um, good, I mean, good, good for Drew Ellis, those couple home runs, but I mean, he's probably the first one to go from the infielders. Yes. And then, uh, Dalton Guthrie probably options to make room for Pache. You know, he's the yep. one who came up to replace him. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but but uh, beyond that, assume... if, you, if you're adding more, then then you put your then I guess Cody Clemens is next, and then then Josh Harrison. 
I would think so. Uh, so when Her- when Alvarado comes back, I would assume what Covey is the the first to go back. I would think if they're not going to start him, I mean, what's what's yeah. the point of keeping him around? And and actually, Junior Marte is still in the roster. Uh, so I mean, he's 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 part of that. He's part of that cycle back and forth, uh, up and down four seventy six. You know that. Yes. They've just been trading out one for the other. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I imagine that would continue till they till they uh, you know. Um, by the way, Jeff Hoffman's still sticking around. I think yeah, it's, I it's amazing. It's amazing that he's like, you know, you'd have to cut two pictures before you, you start wondering about Jeff Hoffman, who, who he had that one, that one tough inning, uh, when he, what did he do? Load the bases. And then, um, mm-hmm. he, he was, he was helped out of the mess, but, uh, yeah. but he's, but he's been uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, he's been better than I, I mean, I, considering I didn't know who the guy was going into the year, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I remember him around. I remember him with Colorado mostly, but. That's I mean, right. he was never that good with Colorado, but um, who, who, who is good in Colorado, though? So, I mean, yeah, that's to, true. You know. Well, he was with Cincy the last couple of years. He, he was he was OK last year in Cincy. He's probably but, played uh, for the two teams who have the, you know, one sort of for different reasons, but two of the, the worst band boxes there are in, in major leagues. Right. Cincinnati's mm. ballpark is a band box and Colorado got the thin air. Now he's still got a one one two nine whip, but it looks like when he gets those runners on, he does find a way out of the inning. So. Yeah, I mean that's good. I would, I would, I would. Of course, he's he's been pitching some key outs at times, uh, given the injury woes and stuff. But uh, but good for him. So yeah, so Alvarado will come back, and you'll probably uh, unless they plan to unless they think Kobe can give them multiple innings. I I don't know. I I wouldn't do it at this point. I mean, even even his last appearance, he gave up the two runs and those two innings. I don't know that. I don't know that you want that from the various relievers coming in on the uh, parade day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I I want to ask you about Josh Harrison for a second. Uh, you yeah. know he's he's an interesting one in that he's he's uh he's not he's not been great. Uh, nope. Is he a great teammate? Yes. Uh, has he been on winning teams? Yes. Um. So, but uh, you know, I'd be hesitant to to keep keep Drew Ellis over him. What are your thoughts on that? I would keep the veteran. You know what? I I think that's important. Veteran leadership, having a guy who's been around. I know he's a two-time All-Star, which is doesn't mean much, but um, I would trust a veteran in the second half to kind of get it together. I know Harrison's batting what, like two oh five. Um, he's not getting on base, so he's not doing a whole lot. He's also only had sixty at bat. I mean, he's had the same number of at bats as as Jake Cave, and and we haven't, you know, Jake Cave's Great gone, point. right? So I would trust that more over. You know, having a young guy, if it was a huge prospect or something, maybe I would say, all right, keep Drew Ellis. But you can always have Drew Ellis uh, come back later if he continues to yeah. mash or something or does really well at AAA. But uh, Josh Harrison's a good. Now, if you're trying to send a message, nah, he's not the guy to send a message with. You know, you don't, you're not sending like, oh, I'm fed up with this team. Josh Harrison, your DFA. That's not going to work that way. So I would keep Josh Harrison. Yeah, I, I would. I would wait. As long as humanly possible. If at the trade deadline they, they they have a few pieces that are strong pieces, then maybe you say, "Oh, unfortunately, sorry." Yeah, but of course. Uh, no, but I, I I like I've always been a Josh Harrison fan, I and mean, he he and McCutcheon and and uh, those those Pirates teams of the the late two thousand or wait they were in the teens, early teens, like they were they were yes. something. 
they were, they were something. Yeah. Was Jason Kendall on that team too? No, that was that no, was, uh, he was a long guy. Yeah, yeah he was. Long, I think he was going by old. then. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no, those uh, those Pirates teams they were uh, they were they were pretty good. Uh, Neil yeah. Walker in his prime, you know, he yep. was a, he was Walker, a heck of a player. Right. Pedro yep. Alvarez and Starling Marte's prime, and that was uh, that. yeah, that was a good team. Yeah, Russell Martin was even catching for them. I think during the oh, uh, how about that during that during their their best years. Yeah, that was Jason uh, Kendall. I went way back, didn't I? <laughs> oh yeah, you went way back. What was it? What's like? What did he retire? Although he, he had, had a his... re- he had a, he was in the ninety. He probably retired around early two thousands. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. Was he even pre uh, PNC Park? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I okay, might have see. to throw an Al Padrique in there next time. Was, wasn't Al Padrique on that team and Bob Walk? <laughs> he he he, he left the Pirates in two two thousand four. Oh man. You're only off by like, I was like nine a years. decade. <laughs> Half a decade. <laughs> oh yeah, but 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 anyway, I, I you know I'm I'm a big fan of Harrison. I really liked watching those Pirates teams. So I, mm-hmm. I I I I like PNC Park, and I had an uncle who lived in Youngstown, so it was really easy for me to meet up with him in Pittsburgh, uh, and uh, I'd watch some baseball games at at that park. So um, the Phillies had there at the end of the at the end of July. So if uh, uh, if any fans were thinking of uh, doing a road trip uh, to see the Phillies, I highly recommend Pittsburgh. It's worth the uh, worth the five hour drive across the Turnpike from Philly. I agree. It's a it's a much nicer city than most people might think if they haven't been there. Uh, they they still think it's like the eighties and the black or the late seventies and the black clouds hanging above. It's not yeah. like that. It's, it's a very very pretty city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the black cloud. I, I've heard a lot of P- Pittsburgh references uh, the last yes. few days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> with no, all the smoke. Pittsburgh is a nice, uh, nice place to visit if you're into craft beer. They have a really good craft beer scene that mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of known for as well. Lots of lots of really good breweries. So uh, I know last year I went for the Philly series and and did my uh, sampling along the uh, the different neighborhoods and the, the every every neighborhood's got a, got like five breweries. So you could just pick one and then spend your day there and then watch the game. So it's uh, right. It's it's. It's something I recommend if, if if you get to do that. I will say I, I didn't love the travel travel options on the schedule this year, but uh, <laughs> it feels like they were uh, you know in terms of prime um, travel mm-hmm. days. You know there were they, they, nothing was that good, but uh, sure. But uh, but yeah, I do like to I do like to I do like to catch the games on the road. Um, I saw I got to get to the new Atlanta Stadium, but I, that, that's one thing that bugs me about this new schedule that they're only there uh, twice now. So. Mm. Uh, Used to be three options, and I've always thought I would get get there in one of the options, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, that's a stadium I know I want to see at some point. And oh, oh, and and those that like Clearwater, yeah, it's July. Phillies are headed to the Rays in uh, starting on July fourth. So um, mm. Clearwater Beach is still a very nice beach uh, in the summer. It's hot, yes, it's humid, yes. Of course, they they play indoors down there, but you get you get you get to do all the things that people like to do at spring training, but. Uh, but there's not the big crowds, so <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you're down there. When you're down there, and it's not not uh, spring training time, they they assume you just live there because <laughs> they they don't get the they don't get the people <laughs> in the middle of the summer. So, uh, but I recommend it. So, all right. So, what do you uh, make of? Uh, I, I I'm like just fascinated by how bad the Phillies have been this year with runners in scoring position. Hmm. 
Let me read you some of the uh, stats of the runners in scoring position. All right. Alec Bohm actually is doing well. He has two hits and seven at-bats, 286. This is with runners in second on third. Kyle Schwarber, zero hits with runners on second on third. JT Realmuto, zero hits, runners on second and third. I mean, that is unbelievable. Trey Turner, zero hits. Bryce Harper, zero hit. Four, four of your top five batters have yet to get a hit this year with a runner on second or third and third. I mean, that is mind-boggling to me. Is this, is this just something where it's just the law of averages that's going to work out at some point, or is this is this like a mental thing? It's got to be uh, one or the other, right? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it starts off that way, like you're you're just in a rut, and then it becomes like because you get asked about it every day, and I'm sure people, they get their stats. They get the stat sheet every day, and I'm sure they see it, you know, and, and it probably internalizes the pressure. But you're right that that just only goes so far. I, I, you know, I mean, not everybody – it, it clearly bothered Nick Castellanos last year, right? And the more he slumped, the worse it got, the more he chased. And now it feels like four or five other guys and not him. He's like the only one that's not in that mode are doing the same thing. But I don't know. Sometimes I think the, the Phillies are taking too many good pitches. I thought Kyle Schwarber has been taking strike two a whole lot, putting himself in a bad spot and then striking out swinging because he has to protect the plate. Um, there are a couple of at-bats against he had against the Mets, right, where – especially the last game, the one they lost, where he was the last at batter. It's two balls, one strike. The lefty throws it right down the middle, and he looked at it for strike two, and then he went up down swing and strike three to end the game. That, to me, is when it's in your head, right, Frank? Because mm. you're looking at really good pitches, and you're afraid to pull the trigger. So I do think that is happening. But I also agree that like it's not going to be like that all year long, I don't think. Um, and then when the dam breaks, it'll probably look pretty good for the Phillies at that point. Yeah, I hope I hope I hope there is a dam breaking and you no, know, it's it seemed like my worry was just that it seemed like okay, well at first it was like okay, well we gotta get Harper back and then we'll be fine. And then mm-hmm. except except it wasn't. It was uh it, maybe it's a matter of a player just expecting too much from somebody else rather than just Yeah saying, Let me get at it myself. Yeah. Well the one guy who never seems to be phased when he's not doing well. And he's so streaky that there are a lot of phases for him is Reese Hoskins. And we talked about this last podcast, him not being there to give you that huge three run home run that breaks his own personal, like three of 25 streak has been missing this year. And you thought that you had enough firepower to overcome that. And I still think they do, but first for the first six, seven weeks, guys can't get out of their own way at bat. And it's it's been sort of endemic to everybody other than basically Nick Castellanos, which is just ironic. But even with Nick, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, Frank, but if you look at Nick's numbers, right, he's doing a great job of making contact, got a lot of doubles. The power is not there as much. I think he's on pace for like a 20 to 21 home run type season, which to me shows you that his adjustment going into this year was to maybe shorten that swing so he's not chasing the outside pitch. And that's probably taken away a little bit of his power, which he's traded to make sure he's making contact and driving the ball, which, again, that's normally a good thing. But top to bottom, you're just not seeing a whole lot of power from anybody other than Schwarber, who is really only giving you power and nothing else. That's that's not a great dynamic right now. Yeah, the other thing I would even Hops- say I would take five to seven points off Castellanos batting average. If it meant that some of those singles and doubles were started going over the wall, because that's really 
what he's here to be is, is a guy who's hitting home runs and, and driving in runs, uh, you know, RBIs and stuff like that. So, yeah, the other, the other thing with, with Hoskins is even if he was struggling, he would still have those 10, 11 pitch at bats. Yes. And this is the, this is the type of game where <laughs> if you hit a hundred, like that's the magic number you're going to blow up. Right. So, if, yep. so if you can, if, if, if two of his at bats, uh, or twenty percent of the the opponent's pitches for the day. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there are times where it has been, and that helps knock out the starter. Uh, so they're, they're they the Phillies are very much missing that part of Hoskins' game as well. And and yeah, I, I know he he uh, he is streaky, but I I just I just think that too that gives the opportunity for the other the other hitters to see what the pitcher has if he's able yeah. to, to work through a a, a long at bat. By the way, did you see like two starts ago, Nathan Eovaldi threw like a hundred and fifteen pitch complete game. No, yeah, go, go <laughs> check his game was line. I was, he's on my fantasy. I almost fell off the 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 chair when I saw that. I was like, did they really do that? That's amazing. I didn't. I didn't realize he was healthy enough to do such a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, well, they need that. I mean, that well, Tommy John surgery for for Jacob Degrom down there yeah, in Texas. So uh, that guy's yeah. snake bit, man. That's tough. Yeah, Eovaldi eight and two. How about that? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. On May 23rd, he went nine innings, allowed six hits, one run, five strikeouts, and threw 104 pitches. Who does that anymore? <laughs> wow. I know he was, he was somebody that whose name was bandied about for the Phillies, but I, I thought he was too much of a risk injury-wise, you know? but uh, Certainly, but he's his, having uh, a resurgence in, with the tech. He's, yeah, eight and two. He's an all-star right now. I mean, he might be the Cy Young wow. if, the, uh, if, the, if the season was over right now, you know? <laughs> Good for him. And good for the, by the way, good for Texas. You know, I I, th- I thought my my take on the season was that yeah they spent all this money on Degrom. He's probably mm-hmm. an injury risk, and I mean I wasn't wishing it upon him, but but you know it ended up being way worse an injury than right than usual. And there, it's going to be a calendar year before you see Degrom pitching for them again, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But uh, if he ever pitches again, by the way, this is yeah. what his second Tommy John, mm. isn't it? I, I don't know. Um, uh... I know he's had other issues. Yeah, I don't know. He he may not be the same guy, but yes, the Rangers forty and twenty one as we record this is pretty impressive. I thought that was one of the teams that I said I liked. I can't tell you I thought they were going to be you know nineteen games over five hundred though. Yeah, I was I was a little hesitant to go all in on the Tigers just because just because uh, Rangers you know, they, or the the Rangers excuse me. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I have too much. I've inhaled too much smoke. Um, <laughs> uh, but but just because I thought they were building around risk you know and uh but but good for them i mean while degrom's not working out uh valdi wow <laughs> yeah and, and bruce bochi you know he's he's a uh he's a winner wherever he is right so yeah, yeah. and by the way their lineup wow i mean they have like three guys in the top five in rbis even their catcher heim jonah heim marcus mm. simeon i mean they're really hitting the ball well yeah, given the, given the uh, given the Astros little run 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 down yeah. there in that division, so it's uh, I like it. I like that they're in the same division now. I, I didn't love yes. uh, Astros moving to the AL originally, but I guess it's good that they have that that rivalry they can have there in in uh, Texas now. Yep. I mean they're not they're not right near each other. I mean it's like probably the equivalent to Philly to Pittsburgh, you know. So you don't yeah, think of it yeah. as a rival, but but that's but, okay because LA San Francisco is about five hour drive, and, yeah. and that's a huge rivalry. So. Yeah, I, I miss. Uh, well, I say I miss. It was before I was really a fan. But you know, the Philly, the Philly Pittsburgh rivalry was a thing back in the day. But uh, uh, for baseball, but 
I didn't like that they were in different uh, divisions, but but I guess now it doesn't matter because they're they're cutting back the divisions uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how much you play them, but but that was nice. I, I have one more thing I want to talk about before we uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned the perfect the, the uh, perfect game, the uh, complete game. Um, Aaron Nola, you know he was uh, he was around 100 pitches, about to finish the seventh inning uh, without giving up a hit. How long would you have let him go? That I. Was sort of surprised he was out there. I mean, I mean, I think the the as much as sometimes we criticize quick hooks on Nola when he's pitching well, the reality is eight times out of ten, the third time around they get to him pretty good. Like so, when he was spinning that no hitter right through six, there was no no thought in my mind that he was really going to pitch a no hitter. Frank, I mean, I just don't think he's he's not overpowering. I mean, not, not that you have to be to pitch a no hitter, but that's usually the type of guy who's going to throw. What did Nolan Ryan have? Like nine. 11 something crazy like that so um i just we've seen it too too often that he he's just third time around he's gonna lose some of it and be hittable yeah once those first two runners got on i thought okay it's probably time to give him the hook but i guess you kept him in because he didn't give up a hit and then but you knew you knew nick maytime was gonna do something right oh of course <laughs> of course yeah and then i get also like hey let's let's give our bullpen as much of a breather as possible even if nola gives up a big hit here we still have a comfortable was it comfortable lead at that point? It was. It was what? Uh, I can't remember. What was it five, 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 five? Yeah, nothing? I just I feel like that they were pretty confident they were going to be able to finish that one off. So. Yeah, and they scored a few more after that, but uh, right, right. But uh, but yeah, of course, of course, Nick Maton and Matt Vierling on the IL. That's why you haven't seen him uh during the series. But uh, but hey, if they have to reschedule one of these games for July third or something, well, uh, their their next common off day, well then. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe get to see Veerling play in Philly then. Yeah, gotta love seeing Matt Veerling. Yeah, to give him the the heroes uh, <laughs> cheer. <Yeah. right? laughs> well, uh, I'm sure they're tracking me. Uh, I'm looking at the Philadelphia Inquirer website right now. They do have a a smoke forecast, and it looks like between like six o'clock and ten o'clock, the worst of it's coming today. So I don't know that the Phillies are going to play. Uh, Dave Dombrowski yesterday said, well, I'm not a smoke expert, so I, the experts said that we should cancel, so they did. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on tonight's game. I'm, they should I'm just a little... delay it until like a West Coast. Like, start at 10 o'clock. Who cares? So there won't be any fans there. You did that. You <laughs> dealt with that before. Like, people will watch on TV, you know? Well, it will be interesting for the weekend series against the Dodgers. So, I mean, if, if, yeah. if the levels today are worse than yesterday, which were pretty bad, if this continues, uh, I don't know that uh, I, I don't know what they're going to have to do. <laughs> so stay tuned for this weekend. I mean, would, would they consider moving some series, you know, out of New York uh, or, or out of Philly? You know, right. I saw the if you saw the images from from Yankee Stadium and, and City Field yesterday, uh, that was that was something. So it was uh, crazy. They, yeah, they had it worse. Although a lot of that that a lot of that is uh, coming south, and but it's coming in waves too. So it's it's you you get some. Uh, bad parts of the day. So so we'll see what happens this weekend for baseball. It would be nice to to see those games against against the Dodgers if if they're able to uh, be played. The the Yankees Yankees are leaving uh let me see here. Today is the yeah, the Yankees are are, are going to be at home this weekend uh with mm-hmm. uh, so they their their game against the White Sox was postponed last night. They're supposed to play two today. I guess I guess if that four o'clock game uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that because that's probably a good indication whether or not the Phillies will play. Mm-hmm. And let me see what happens in New York, and then uh, they're supposed to be home against Boston. Um, so I think the Mets are on the road. So, uh, 
but we'll be see if they try to to move some of those northeast games will be interesting so but for now as we wait here in the smoke frank close jeff Bosher, we'll catch you soon